The KUAM Podcast Network is back and on demand, featuring a great variety of podcasts from our island and region, including culture, lifestyle, awareness, crime, politics, commentary, comedy, and entertainment. Available on most streaming platforms. The KUAM Podcast Network. Subscribe and listen now. The conditions at the Guam Memorial Hospital do not appear to be getting better. Lawmakers urging the Leon Guerrero administration to do something to fix the territory's only public hospital. That's something, a state of emergency. Solutions are needed. That is the focus of this episode of That's It, That's All. You are listening to That's It, That's All with Sean DeMatato. You are listening to That's It, That's All. I'm Sean Gumatautau. The podcast is sponsored by Get LLC, a Guam-based consulting and specialty construction materials and supplies company serving government and private sector organizations in the Western Pacific and beyond. Need a lighting solution for your building? Need crisis communications assistance? Ask Get LLC. They can help. Find them on the World Wide Web at get-guam.com. Check them out today. Welcome to those listeners checking out the podcast in Sequam, Washington, at the base of the Olympic Mountains in the Evergreen State. Excited to greet those listeners in Shenyang, China, the podcast listened to in 30 countries. And can't forget the listeners right here on Guam in the nearby village of Santa Rita. Half a day to you all. Let That's It, That's All take you from one end of the island of Guam to the other. Remember to download the podcast ahead of that next road trip as you sit down on your laptop or your desktop computers or just ahead of that gym workout. Where does this podcast sit in your respective CrossFit routine? Well, a huge thank you to our friends at RedCircle.com in pushing out the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Also, That's It, That's All can be heard on the iHeartRadio app and on Pandora. We are proud to be a part also of the KYM Podcast Network, Guam's award-winning broadcast news and information source, and multimedia home of original programming from all across Micronesia. Hit the like, subscribe, or follow buttons of That's It, That's All wherever you get your podcast today. Do it right now. The Guam Memorial Hospital, it is the U.S. Territory's only civilian hospital. It is a place that has served the healthcare needs of tens of thousands of island residents in its current location since 1978. The one-time medical center of the Marianas has come a long way and has certainly seen better days over the past 45 years. GMH survived numerous tropical storms, and typhoons over the past four decades. It survived attacks from political leaders. It survived local and federal policy scrutiny. GMH was ground zero for the recent global COVID-19 pandemic. Earlier this year, there was a push to replace GMH. It did not materialize. Episode 53 of this podcast, A New Hospital in Minila, Guam, spells it out. Take a listen if you haven't done so. Today, the conditions at GMH have worsened to a point that on October 4th, 2023, Republican lawmakers of the 37th Guam Legislature sent a resolution to Guam Governor Lou Leon Guerrero calling for an immediate state of emergency there to, quote, 
assist our hospital with its financial challenges, supply deficiencies, and structural rehabilitation and repairs. Close quote. The same resolution adds federal receivership as an option as well. There is no question that as of the premiere of this podcast, the Guam Memorial Hospital is in a pretty bad way. It is not an exaggeration that the conditions there have crept below local, national, and international standards of care. I am not a doctor. I did not stay at a Holiday Inn recently, but I can attest that the conditions there are pretty terrible. More on that in a bit. If you get a chance to watch an oversight hearing held by Guam lawmakers on September 28, 2023, you can pretty much get the lay of the current financial and physical landscape at the GMH. Now, statements from hospital administrator Lillian Paris Posadas in that hearing that you can find on YouTube confirm that there has been some support from the Leon Guerrero administration. Legislative Speaker Therese Chalahi told the Marianas Variety after the hearing she was, quote, looking to the hospital administration, the governor and the lieutenant governor to reevaluate the situation, what looks to be in a crisis at this point, and to propose new solutions as soon as possible. The legislature will work together to implement any statutory changes necessary, close quote. Governor spokesperson Crystal Pacos in Augustin quipped, quote, it is obvious that a new hospital needs to be built. However, despite constant criticism about GMH facilities, senators did not support building a new hospital at Eagles Field and never offered a plan of their own. It is our hope that these senators will now work with the administration to build a new hospital, close quote. Paco San Augustine added, as for the leadership of GMH, only Republican math would suggest that 16 years straight of failed GOP management at GMH could be undone by just one term with Governor Leon Guerrero. Leadership. Let's start there for a second. Funny how Adeloup can take a pot shot at leadership at this time, considering it has been devoid of it since the start of the first and well into the second term of the governor. Pretty irresponsible to note a lack of leadership for 16 years, when for nearly five plus, the current governor served on the board of trustees at GMH. Yes, during its good times, the governor helped get the place accredited. Somehow, that fact was lost and never regained in that time. The pandemic recently saw some money, about a billion dollars worth, but today, there is a claim of not enough money at GMH. That is not leadership. That is a bunch of excuses from an administration at GMH that is just not very good at their respective jobs. Support can help decision-making that does not compromise operations. Support can be taken across the executive branch to turn dilapidated facilities into useful ones. Support can help decision-making to prevent a substandard level of care from making its way onto this particular medical campus. Plenty of support has been given. Better decision-making should have been made in return. This podcast is sponsored by Get LLC, a consulting and specialty construction materials and supplies firm. Since 2012, they have provided valuable services to their customers across Micronesia and North America. Check them out on the World Wide Web at get-guam.com. They have a presence on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, too. Get LLC. Find out today how they can best serve your business's specific needs.
The Virgin Islands Consortium reported on October 1, 2023, that as its lawyers prepared to take the St. Croix chapter of the American Federation of Teachers there to court over their protest highlighting working conditions they claim are hazardous to health and safety, U.S. Virgin Islands Department of Education officials produced a streaming broadcast aimed at offering clarity, transparency, and accurate information around various issues in the education system. Commissioner of Education, Dr. Dion Wells-Hedrington, joined by senior officials from the District of St. Croix, spoke about recent efforts to combat soaring temperatures in classrooms, challenges with managing the influx of federal funds, the timeline for school repairs and construction, and the chronic maintenance issues associated with keeping aging school plants open until new ones can be built in the USVI. Commissioner Wells-Hedrington acknowledged that much of the public's anxiety over issues in the education system is arising from the clear lack of clear timelines when it comes to the work that DOE says it is performing regarding addressing those chronic maintenance issues. In Puerto Rico, El Nuevo Dia reported on October 4, 2023, that at least six of 11 solar energy projects belonging to the Electric Power Authority run the risk of being canceled if, by the end of the month, the acquisition agreement has not been finalized. Of the nine contracts whose date to comply with all stipulated subsequent conditions expired on September 30, only the Convergent Cuomo project, with a capacity of 100 megawatts, managed to finalize both the interconnection agreement with the Luma Energy and the rest of the requirements prior to the execution of the work. Six other projects over 300 megawatts are still pending there in the U.S. territory. North of Guam in the CNMI, the Saipan Tribune is reporting that Asiana Airlines, one of the CNMI's largest airline carriers since the resumption of airline flights post-pandemic, will be suspending flights to Saipan in November due to several factors, including the Commonwealth Ports Authority's recent implementation of fee increases. According to Intak Huang, Asiana Airlines' Saipan branch general manager, Asiana will be suspending its flights to Saipan for the entire month of November before resuming flights in December. Last month, CPA board members unanimously voted to adopt a 90% increase in landing fees for both the Saipan Airport's main terminal and commuter terminals for Saipan Tinian and Rhoda. Back here at home, much of my angst about GMH comes from a couple of different things. My five children were born at the Guam Memorial Hospital. Plenty of friends and family died there too. The cafeteria was always full of patrons. Today, not so much. The chapel, managed by the Archdiocese of Agania, was a mainstay in my early years on Guam. Yes, my girlfriend and then and wife now got me to attend a service or two there, not linked to anything with birth or loss of life. But most recently, I was there to visit a family member who had been rushed there. His health was not good. The Guam Regional Medical City was full. The Guam Fire Department, Ambulance, and Medical Team diverted him to GMH to stabilize him. Rushing up to GMH, it dawned on me that I had not visited the facility in a couple of years, maybe the last time during the pandemic in 2021. It had been a while. The former Z-Wing of GMH was dropped to the ground. Weeds and staff vehicles and some debris littered the 
once busy area used by the Sisters of Mercy as a convent and finance offices in the decades after Gov Guam picked up the facility. No signs there of a surgical arts and trauma care services project. The entrance was altered for sure, split in half. Access one way into GMH. Friendly security folks there directed patrons around, but phone calls to the different GMH units needed to precede the visits. The walls showed their age. Peeling paint and stains were littered throughout. A walk towards the elevators revealed at least one patient lift was inoperable. Towels and rags were in random spots on the floor. The lobby looked ill-maintained to include a wall display for the GMH Volunteers Association. Entering the emergency room, it was pretty empty. No security, no staff to be seen. Floors a bit wet there too. Not sure if it was the night air or some HVAC problem. The physical plant looked neglected, like no one cared if the grass was trimmed or that the walls were not cleaned, or the sidewalks were not water-blasted, very glum. What was not glum, though, just like the security folks, the GMH staff that I did come into contact with, and I had spent several days in that lobby watching the comings and goings of people who worked there. The faces of the nurses looked like they were walking out of a war zone, tired, concerned, beat up, shift work, taking its toll. Other staff were moving with pace around different areas. You could see the dedication in their eyes. I have seen that look before. I just cannot place it. Was it in the early days of my service at the office of the governor in 2003? Transition in full swing? Could it have been the start of the second term of then-Governor Felix Camacho and new Lieutenant Governor and Surgeon Dr. Mike Cruz? His visits to GMH and advocacy kept the place front and center of a second-term healthcare agenda. Was it the birth of my fifth child, an OB ward, led by compassionate teams who got me and my wife in and out and ready to parent once again? The look in the eyes of the staff said so much. If only their bosses, policymakers, and the governor of Guam could see them and react with sincere, swift, and decisive action to help these dedicated healthcare professionals. This podcast is sponsored by Get LLC, a consulting and specialty construction materials and supplies firm. Since 2012, they have provided valuable services to their customers across Micronesia and North America. Check them out on the World Wide Web at get-guam.com. They have a presence on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, too. Get LLC. Find out today how they can best serve your business's specific needs. Okay, so we have a state of emergency at Guam's only civilian hospital. Can a solution be offered that is not just financial, meaning a brick-and-mortar type of solution? Here are a few. Can GovGuam throw money at healthcare training? They do it already for law enforcement. Research published by the National Conference of State Legislatures on July 17, 2023, noted that clinical training is a key component of the healthcare workforce pipeline, preparing medical school graduates for the workforce, cultivating interest in specialties facing shortages, and providing exposure to rural and underserved areas. 
Graduate Medical Education, or GME, is a formal clinical training program for students who have completed medical school and earned a Doctor of Medicine or Doctor of Osteopathic Medicine degrees. Clinical training is required to become a licensed physician and may include residencies, internships, fellowships, and specialty and subspecialty programs. Most GME programs are affiliated with hospitals, but some take place in accredited non-hospital settings such as rural health clinics or community health centers. Why can't Guam take advantage of medical school graduations, especially to include those nursing students from Guam? Take salaries out of the equations for just a bit. Medical school graduation rates in the United States are outpacing the number of available GME opportunities. In 2019, 44% of medical schools reported concern over the availability of GME positions for medical graduates. GME opportunities are also few and far between in rural and underserved areas like Guam, largely due to the limited availability of funding and, and those to supervise. From 2012 to 2021, 55% of physicians ended up practicing medicine in the same state where they completed clinical training. Bumping it up locally can help us for sure, the CNMI and the rest of the freely associated states here in Micronesia. Research shows that creating more GME opportunities in rural and underserved areas might address physician shortages, and since GME positions across the country are primarily funded through Medicare and Medicaid, with federal funding exceeding $15 billion annually, Medicare, the largest funder of GME, prioritizes funding to hospitals and other training sites with large number of Medicare enrollees. Guam can decide how Medicaid GME dollars are allocated. How about change a designation for GMH? It was explored in 2010. The terms, though, have changed in that time. Rural Emergency Hospitals is a new Medicare provider designation established by Congress through the Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2021. REHs are meant to reinforce access to outpatient medical services and reduce health disparities in areas that may not be able to sustain a full-service hospital. Starting in January 2023, critical access hospitals and small rural hospitals with no more than 50 beds may apply for REH designation and receive Medicare payment for providing emergency services. Approximately one in seven Americans live in rural communities that face distinct challenges, including higher rates of some chronic diseases and limited access to health care. Some of these challenges have been exacerbated in the last decade. Since 2010, nearly 140 rural hospitals across the nation have closed, and the financial viability of remaining rural facilities is of ongoing concern. The National Advisory Committee on Rural Health and Human Services notes that when a rural hospital closes, mortality in that community increases, the local economy suffers, and residents must travel further to obtain medical care. The new REH designation aims to maintain access to emergency services, observation care, and additional medical and outpatient services in rural areas. It is time for the Leon Guerrero administration to reach back to HHS, Health and Human Services, and ask for an exemption to this 50-bed issue and get the funding support GMH needs to pull this off. They need to ask Guam Congressman Jim Moylan for help on the Hill with this. And the Guam legislature, too, 
can enact laws to enable rural emergency hospital licensure. Why not? This next tidbit won't make people here in Guam too happy. Enacting legislation to enforce federal price transparency rules for GMH and local insurance provider plans, as well as establish additional government-level requirements. As of January 2021, hospitals are required to publish pricing information in two formats, a consumer-friendly list of 300 shoppable services and a comprehensive machine-readable file for all items and services. The Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services found that 70% of hospitals nationwide have successfully met federal transparency requirements. Other estimates, however, have shown the percentage of hospitals in compliance to be much lower. Can we do this at GMH to help all of our people, even with the mandate to treat while not paying attention to their ability to pay? Well, there's got to be some ways to help. I offered up three. There are others, though, and this podcast can get really long talking about it. What is needed in government is less talk and more action. It is a fact that creative decision-making and policy can be done at Adeloupe and GMH. There just has to be a will in both organizations. If healthcare is so important, then we all must get behind efforts to prioritize support to GMH. Building a new hospital is years out. The need is great today, and I mean right now. Democrats locally are for just one option versus the other. Pretty damn sad. Republicans can only bellow. A minority is tough to get substantive policy making done. Call your governor. Call your lawmaker. Call in to talk radio. Get the word out on social media. We all must get to work on the emergency at GMH, and we need to do it now. The great Republican president and the great communicator, Ronald Reagan, said once, quote, there is no limit to the amount of good you can do if you don't care who gets the credit. Close quote. GMH was built with the sweat and determination of hardworking doctors and nurses and staff whose hands and minds made GMH great for nearly 50 years. It is about damn time we remind ourselves of this and support GMH and get them out of the emergency that they are in today. That's it. That's all. If you enjoyed this podcast, download, press subscribe, or follow us right now. Let me know what you think. Find me, Sean Gumatautau, on X, LinkedIn, and Facebook. More great content is on the way. Talk to you soon. The That's It, That's All podcast is produced by Sean Gamatato. Executive producer is Trisha Gamatato. Hit the subscribe or follow button and leave a review. Thanks for listening. The KUAM Podcast Network is back and on demand. Featuring a great variety of podcasts from our island and region, including culture, lifestyle, awareness, crime, politics, commentary, comedy, and entertainment. Available on most streaming platforms. The KUAM Podcast Network. Subscribe and listen now.